0: Welcome to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. Now, the name of our program might be a bit unconventional, but for that better, so is our approach. We'll discuss traditional and alternative practices and therapies designed to improve and maintain the health of your best friends, your pets. With the ideas discussed on the show today, your pets could live longer and healthier lives. Now, here is Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson.
1: Hi, I'm Kristen Carlson, uh, Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center, McHenry, Illinois. We're now located at the Healthy Pet Lifestyle Campus at the corner of 31 and 120, if you're ever in this neighborhood. and We've got uh, today with Jim here, Dr. Jim Carlson, a few interesting concepts to talk about. First, there's a study that examines COVID among dog walkers and says walking your dog exponentially increases your chance of getting COVID. This one is still a little puzzling, and I think it might be—I uh, don't know—a little preliminary. I don't know. I don't really get yeah, it. Yeah, the but jury's out on that. We're going to try to make sense yeah. of how COVID can be uh, basically as bad as having somebody in your house with a family member just because you walked your dog. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. The way COVID is changing animal hospitals—let me tell you, things are really different, you know, than they were. Um, This time last year, this is a completely different scenario for vet clinics. And we're just, you know, trying to kind of educate people about the changes that have happened in the industry. So like maybe you don't get so mad (laughs) when we have to do things like, you know, we might have to shut the clinic down. Um, Our clinic is not shut down because we also have a, it's a very big building. So we can space people out in a much larger area. And we also have a pet store, which is an essential function. So it's kind of like one of those things that, you know, you gotta kind of make a decision, but a lot of clinics are not open. Some of them have shut down and it puts a lot of pressure on everybody else around them too. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Scientists discovered a new species of tick-borne bacteria that's dangerous to dogs. And also we have some Black Friday ideas and a little bit more information about turkey since the big day is coming up next week. And uh, the benefits of cold laser therapy. Cold laser is something that we, a piece of equipment that we have. We invested in this quite a while ago, and it's had tremendous results for a lot of animals around here. And uh, the results are really just, that we've had are just scratching the surface because it does so many more things. So, um, and then we're going to go through like some of our cool Black Friday featured items that, um, you know, whether you shop here or don't, or, you know, wherever, uh, there are a lot of really cute items for pet lovers, kids, uh, things you can give your dog, uh, or, you know, use as a hostess gift. That's also kind of fun, like if you're going to someone's house. I don't know how much of that is happening with this whole COVID thing, but this new study, um, okay, it came out of the Andalusian School of Public Health in Grenada, and it was a study of 2,000 residents in Spain. So, this study says um, how different regular activities affect your chances of catching the coronavirus. And there is some bad news walking the dog increases your odds of catching COVID by 78%. Okay, I thought we were safe outside.
2: Yeah, this study is a little confusing to me as well because, um, you know, going back to my large animal days, I'm thinking about. You know, when large groups of animals come together after stress, Mm -hmm. it's called shipping fever, that you could have a viral outbreak or bacterial outbreak just from the stress of shipping. But it wasn't being outside so much. It was being confined in the travel trailer.
1: With a group of others. With a group of others
2: under stress, shedding virus to each other that may be normal or abnormal. So when they get to the farm, they would break out with disease. And it was just because they were housed very close together. Now, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me because we're outdoors. We're walking a dog. We're not walking in a group. We're not walking in a confined area. So I'd have to understand that study a little bit more to yeah. determine the circumstances related to it because it,
1: it doesn't make sense. says, among all the sociodemographic variables analyzed, walking the dog has shown to have the strongest effect. The results of this study demonstrate that living with dogs working on site Purchasing essential commodities by using a home delivery service. Really? Mm-hmm. And especially living with a COVID-19 patient have been the main rounds of transmission of SARS-CoV-2. What they don't know is why. Yeah, that, that would be about the only thing that makes sense about this. Yes. Is dogs have the same receptors that humans do, making them susceptible to the disease. But researchers don't know yet if you catch the disease from contact with the dog or because dog walkers tend to congregate. That's not really something I'm seeing either, but I
2: don't know. No, I, I, I'm not seeing it either. I mean, it, especially in, in our neighborhoods and things like that. Yeah, I don't know about um, that. So in, well, the jury still out whether, you know, dogs case. could, they can't spread the virus to us. And right. they're not known to be a carrier or a fomite for the virus, mm-hmm. even in circumstances where you have someone in the household that has is sick from COVID. They, there's recommendations about pet handling, and, you know, maybe boarding and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, there's there's not been a pandemic in animals for sure. Mm-hmm. There's no. there maybe isolated cases, but and a lot of testing was done and it showed that not a lot of these it's animals. Just not happening. Yes, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah.
1: Owning cats or other types of pets did not lead to a significant effect on the estimated prevalence of the disease. So honestly, when I first read this, I had to I had to look around and start poking around on in the internet because I'm like, this is an onion article. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's <seems> <laughs> real. Be.
1: And um, but they did get it published. It is legitimate study. Uh, they got it published in an environmental journal. So I don't know. I guess. You know, we'd have to wait to see on that. Uh, it, it kind of one of the, it was on Yahoo.com as well, Yahoo News. And they said um, it had something to do maybe with the dogs going outside, being on the ground and, you know, how dogs get into stuff and they carry around like microorganisms and things like that. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like COVID lives in the ground,
2: but no, I, it, I don't know. It's You know, there's. There's other viruses that are, are soil-based, like parvovirus, for example, but, um, you know, to to date, there's no evidence that COVID just acts like that. Right. You know, it's it's more respiratory uh, yeah. transmission, also, you know, contact surfaces.
1: Well, if you were worried about that, say you had, like, a compromised immune system and you heard this study and you thought, okay, <laughs> what am I going to do now? So... First of all, don't panic because this is yeah. one study, and um, I mean, what should you do? Should you bathe your dog? Should you? Um, what are people going to do? Wipe it down with wipes or something when they get back?
2: <laughs> it's it. Yeah, it's there's a lot of ex- extreme um, ideas that you can garner from that uh, an article like that, and it makes you you know, panic, and that's not. Yeah. A, the proper way that articles should induce panic like that because there is confusion. It says, what should we do? We can't even walk our dog. What's that mean? Well, the dog's going to be in the house more. It's going to start getting stressed out. It's going to get diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things, yeah. There's no, um, there's gotta be some, some explanation and um, and some ideas on how to work around that. Some solutions, yeah. you know, it seems like, well, we got this problem here, but um, still I go back to the, the basics of health. First of all, you know, use common sense when the outside. Six feet apart, even wear a mask if you're walking the dog. If that makes you happier, if, if you're going to walk with a group, uh, maybe walk with a mask. Um, bathe your dog regularly. You should anyway for, to remove commensals and surface contaminants um, even once a week during the, a pandemic like this isn't unusual. Uh, if, if you have to watch the skin to make sure it doesn't dry out too much. Mm-hmm. Um But, uh, you you know, and just stay away from large gatherings, you know, and we've been doing that. It's common sense and and doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like anything here that uh, would make me change my mind unless there was something uh, further in the study that said, hey, you know. So just so you guys
1: know, this was from Jordan Fenster at the CT Post. So that's in Connecticut and it's a Hearst-owned newspaper. So legitimate source. So. Um, Just let me know that one. Thank you, Jordan. Okay, so COVID also, you know, has changed the way there's obviously been a bit of a resurgence in the disease now. Yeah. And so a lot of states are having to make some, you know, mitigations, work things out, try to, you know, keep people away from each other, uh, putting out, you know, rules and regulations. So through this whole entire pandemic, it was advised by all of our, you know, powers that be in the industry, the the big people in the industry. You know, separate yourself from the owners. Um, we're an essential business, and we do provide an important function for many, many, many people. So we can't really all get sick either. So um, we've done both. We've we've closed down. Um, not closed completely, but closed down and had curbside service. A lot of clinics are doing that. I would say probably the majority of clinics are doing that.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, There's some pretty serious drawbacks of curbside service. And you really do lose touch with your owner, but, you know, we have one veterinarian here who has a, a little kid, a toddler and a baby on the way. It's up to him really. If he doesn't want to put himself in, take that home to his family, then, you know, I'm not going to make him do it. So, you know, you still see people, we did get some air purifiers in here Mm -hmm. uh, to try to, you know, help with some of the exposure to COVID so far so good. I know I just said that and I shouldn't (laughs) jinx myself, but um, you know, the, one of the big things is separating and, you know, we've had a whole clinics just shut down completely. It puts a lot of pressure on everyone else to take care of the patients from other clinics, sometimes, you know, taking call after call after call, I need help. I need help. My clinic is shut down. You're the next one. Can you help me? And it's like, well, of course I can't turn you down. I I would never do that as to the best of my ability, but you know, some clinics have had to resort to that. And it's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, not everybody can treat everybody's patients and stay all night and do all those things. I mean, so there has to be some understanding on the part of the pet owner because we decided to, as things started to rise again, we decided to close down a little bit. Um, Let's, let's, you know, I'm worried about my staff. My staff is very worried. They're worried about their health, Mm -hmm. their family's health, the people they're exposed to on a daily basis. And I'm like, this just isn't right. I've got to protect you guys. I think we need to go back to curbside service, but people were so mad.
2: Yeah. They were just really upset. And, and I can see why, because it, it, but at the same time, um, these are necessities, and it's, it's it's for the common good. We all have to come together yeah. for the common good to, to all uh, participate in something maybe we don't like. I've often um, referred to this uh, kindly, but at some point, we all agreed to wear clothing, you know, in public. <laughs> at some point, maybe there wasn't, but... <laughs> We may not like to wear clothes, we may not want to wear clothes, but we all agree to wear clothes because it is a social distraction and you can get arrested if you're walking through the park without clothes on. So the same way with COVID, we have to wear a mask. Uh, we may not want to wear the mask, but-
1: You may not agree with you it. You may we've not had, agree with it. We've had people who came in and didn't want to wear the mask. That's a $2,500 fine for our business, so we have to do it. Yeah. You know, And plus we want you to, and other people feel uncomfortable. So. I don't know. It's just, it's just been really, really hard to navigate it. And, you know, when that turns into like one star reviews because you wouldn't let me, I mean, you would let them come in for the euthanasia, but we wanted them to bring just like two family members and not, you know, bring like 10 people or something. I mean, we're still letting them come in. We didn't say you couldn't do it here or we're not accommodating you or you're gonna to have to sit in the car or you know anything yeah. like that it was like we're still accommodating you but a one-star review is not fair to somebody who's in business over the course of this amount of time so
2: yeah. there's even hospitals that would let you see your dying loved one
1: human hospitals you know, so it's human
2: hospitals so i mean we, we get it i mean i get how much you
1: love your animal and we right. love them too but i don't know i think clinics across the country are all just experiencing this and i just think you know if you can step outside of it a little bit and see that, well, you might be the only person coming in that day, uh, we might, our staff and employees might deal with 200 people that day, depending on who's here for the dog park and who's here for shopping for, um, the, uh, pet store, that kind of thing. But, so those are, you know, just a few of the, of the issues. And I know they make you mad, but it's, it's just, you know, like we all have to work together here. We're trying our best. And I think all clinics are at this point. Euthanasia and house calls. I mean, I can't even think of a bigger risk of COVID than going into someone's home to do their euthanasia and their house calls. So I know they're tough times, and it's it's tough to get through that and, and everything. But you know, it's if someone can't offer it, just I hope you can understand why that occurs. Uh, also, uh, this is from Veterinary Practice News: manpower crisis. Hundred percent. We've gotten dinged several times on the internet about too long of a wait. And I know he talks a lot, but he talks a lot. Okay. And we've tried to, we've tried for years to mitigate that. However, um, you know there just aren't enough people to take these jobs. People who would traditionally be working here had a couple retirements out of COVID. We've had. Um, you know, so it broke up our long time team of people. Um, We've had people who are just doing really well on unemployment because it's paid more than they probably ever got anyway. So, you know, they'll come work a couple days, reactivate their unemployment, those kinds of things. So it's just, I mean, you know, clinics are in a bind right now. So it's definitely changing the way any vet clinic is probably going to have to undergo and handle, um, manpower as well. So, and the ER overwhelm is, uh, also an an issue, you know, like if a clinic closed down (coughs) and then you have to take over someone else's clinic, then, you know, there's, there's, you know, it, it just overwhelms everyone. So, I mean, there've been plenty of nights here. It's been 10 o'clock at night before we left.
2: Yeah. Because they're trying to accommodate everybody. We're trying to stay open, uh, make sure everybody gets the, the proper care. Uh, yes, we do run over, but it seems like with all the stress, the cases are more complex. They're not just coming in for routine things right now. And so uh, we're trying to split it up and, and do uh, the best we can. Uh, we are booked out quite a ways uh, for wellness testing uh, to accommodate those sick patients that are going to come in. Uh, we do have our seasonal illnesses. Obviously, we're talking about one of the more common ones are the holiday season illness. You know, Um, And so we have to take extra precautions, Uh, do wellness. Wellness is really important. Keeping your pet healthy as well as yourself uh, is the most important way to avoid sickness and entering the hospitals or the the veterinary ERs and things like that. So, um, you know, see your veterinarian for those wellness tests, you know, do an annual blood test is very important. Um, The holistic doctors, Are doing just that. We're making sure that the pet is healthy. We're working with the body to stay healthy as much as possible. It's not easy because the pets do react to our stressors, and stress is probably the number one reason for getting sick, uh, for any disease reason. And so, um, trying to help reduce that and managing diet, managing exercise, all those things are really important.
1: They sure are. So, um, so you're going to have a few things coming up with Thanksgiving. So you've got, you know, your traditional turkey. Um, and there are a lot of benefits actually to turkey. We do sell a turkey diet by Northwest Naturals and we're giving out free samples right now. It's a turkey recipe with 80% turkey organs and bone. And I know you like the whole organs and bone being added to it.
2: Yeah, whole, the, the whole animal is really important. The more whole it is, the better it's gonna be for the pet. So it doesn't isolate those problems associated with allergies and food sensitivities
1: these nuggets are really cool and yeah. they they're like so lightweight they taste like a feel like a little ping pong ball and Chorky loves them she just eats them like crazy so um for her uh in her weight range of about five pounds she only needs eight nuggets a day uh, maybe a little bit more um these are just a great option for you a uh, great thing to just pick up um some kind of like little turkey treat So you don't have to give your dog the actual turkey that you cooked. If you cook it with garlic and onions, you're really not supposed to be feeding it,
2: right? Right, because we doctor the bird to fit our taste, but we have to remember that onions, even if if you're stuck in the the turkey with onions or even leeks, um, fennel and stuff like that, uh, really important to remember that animals are sensitive to that. And so, This product, I mean, freeze-dried, what a great travel pack. You've got your travel food. It's dehydrated. Just add a little warm water if they like it moist. Uh, It's easy on the digestive tract. Let's face it, travel Mm -hmm. diarrhea is very common for pets too, as well as ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a neat neat product uh, called Under the Weather that's a good travel food as well. These are complete diets, and you can use them. um, and, And even if you're switching right away, you don't have to blend this in. This is a complete, ready-to-go diet, and it's great for stress.
1: All right. So when you're talking about um, Thanksgiving turkey, I know it's tempting. and Of course, I always give my dogs a little bit of it. But um, it says uh, here some of the things about – here's a guideline. Okay, don't feed the turkey skin. Is it too much fat?
2: Turkey skin is too much fat. Actually, that's where a lot of toxins can be, too, in the skin. Mm. Uh, It's just like the skin of a grape. That's where all the toxins are. It's not the grape itself. It's the skin. Um very high in fat, so if your dog's not used to that, uh, it can trigger inflammatory uh, components t- uh, to cause pancreatitis. Uh, it can also cause a gallbladder attack as well. Uh, but pancreatitis is the most severe. Gallbladder attacks aren't quite as severe, but at the same time... Um,
1: we usually have after Thanksgiving and during the Christmas holidays, there's always something going on with pancreatitis. Right. So... What are some of the signs of that just really quick before we move on from to the rest of the turkey benefits?
2: Um, acute pancreatitis is, you're going to first of all, see um, a lots of vomiting, lots of diarrhea, and um, more than average. If it's one time, that doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that your dog has pancreatitis. Um, but vomiting, diarrhea, lethargy and weakness, uh, food refusal. The dogs who have pancreatitis don't want to eat, they don't want to drink. It's actually, drinking water can also trigger the inflammation. Um, they can have pale gums, they can have a high body temperature, um, but it comes on really fast. That's called acute pancreatitis. Chronic pancreatitis is different, it's something that uh, goes on for a much longer time. But uh, most of the time, uh, during holiday, uh, GI upsets, acute pancreatitis is the most dangerous. Um, the second is bloat. Uh, bloat is uh, really common as well because we we tend to have a lot of guests over. They may be feeding the pets. The pet may eat a lot. We may get get into the holiday food without our permission. Uh, then they're very active. The, the guests may be playing fetch with them, and all of a sudden uh, they're starting. Their abdomen is starting to expand. They're starting to vomit and retch and be very very uncomfortable. So. Uh, Bloat is is very common, especially on our deep-chested dogs, like the German Shepherd, for example, the Great Dane. Um, These are two common breeds that uh, that develop this uh, bloat. And and even a twist called gastric dilatation bobulus um, is is, is an extreme problem. So just be careful during the holiday season. You know, common sense is important. There are health benefits to turkey. Um, So it's highly digestible. Uh, it's very high in selenium and tryptophan, uh, which can also benefit the immune system. Um, so,
1: the tryptophan, does that make you sleepy?
2: Tryptophan, mm-hmm. it makes us sleepy, and dogs, it probably does to some level, but not to not us. Like we, mean, <laughs>
1: like we Like can't after I eat them.
2: it, I'm, I'm ready for a pollen so <laughs> okay. But dogs, not necessarily. But there's probably some benefit to that as well, calming them down. All
1: right, so a couple other. So, so, running down the do's and don'ts one more time. Don't feed turkey skin. Mm-hmm. Don't give cooked bones. And in fact, even the raw bones in turkey are said to be very brittle. Yeah. So, you may not want to do that either. That's just out. Just forget the whole bone thing. Um, avoid gravy and stuffing and only give them plain turkey. But onions and garlic can, can be toxic to dogs. I mean, My dogs have had just like a bite of Turkey. That's about it. I don't feed them anything else Mm -hmm. of the Thanksgiving Turkey and they were okay. But um, if you're, you know, just got to kind of watch that one. I mean, some dogs, you know, are counter climbers. Anything can happen. One time Doppler was 10 pounds and he came home with an entire Turkey carcass. He carried it all the way above his head.
0: (laughs) They can really go for (laughs) it. Where did you you even get it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so you don't know if that they won't, you know, eat the insides or whatever. Um, It's lean protein. You should introduce it slowly. The one thing you can do with those brittle bones, though, is make a broth. So, you know, you could start that if you, you know, don't really want to cook the drumsticks and you don't want to cook the wings because nobody's going to eat them. You might want to just take those off and then you can start a broth with that. So, turkey broth. Uh, bone broth is a great idea.
2: Really good, and that. Um, could
1: you make the, the bone broth with the cooked turkey bones, as long as you strained it?
2: Um, you, you could because it, there's still a little except bit. Except for left, the onion and garlic. Except for the onion and garlic, so um, it's it's best to carve those off or get a separate turkey, a really small one, even a Cornish game hen uh, type size bird mm-hmm. uh, for your pet. If you really want to share the holiday food, um, a little. I always say. A little bit is fine. Just use your best judgment. Use it in moderation. Even a tiny bit with some onion. Um, you know, if it, if it was cooked in onion or garlic, just a, a very small amount. Um, and I'm it's talking okay. about half a teaspoon for a little dog. A little thumb, to maybe uh,
1: thumb-sized,
2: maybe a quarter cup for a Great Dane-sized dog is All right. just a nice little treat for them.
1: Okay. And no creamy stuff, probably. That's a recipe for disaster for the... Uh, I mean, like the green bean casserole, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, and the potatoes. Um, and the cats yeah. always
1: go for a stick of butter, so watch that one too.
2: <laughs> it's okay to give them the sweet potato. Sweet potato is very good.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, good. Just don't Hi.
2: don't have the the brown sugar and all that on it. Yeah. Uh, but these are common sense things. I think um, you know we're, we're 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 probably exaggerating a little bit on what might be given, but I've I've seen it. You know where the Put a whole plate together and they say, okay, oh, here we go. And
1: you're sure Thanksgiving dinner, right? And up the <laughs> ER, and, and
2: then uh, the that holiday's be open. really
1: the holidays can get very expensive when it starts coming to that stuff. For it's sure. just something to be aware of. I think everybody probably knows. Okay, so scientists discover a new species of tick-borne bacteria that is dangerous to dogs. This is from AHA, the American Animal Hospital Association New Stat. Story just came out. Researchers at North Carolina State University's College of Veterinary Medicine have identified a new species of Rickettsia bacteria and a new vector for Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever.
2: Yeah, what they found is that as they were looking into um, some of the cases that had come up, they realized that... uh, using a PCR method, which is using uh, the DNA protein to detect uh, what kind of species, Um, because there's so many species of rickettsia, uh, they found that this one was even a little bit more virulent than the one called rickettsia rickettsii, uh, which is the most common one that causes Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Mm. And so, um, but as they go along, that's really how with the uh, PCR testing and, and DNA testing of these, uh, viruses that we come along and, and see okay there's there's some uh new species mm-hmm. little not necessarily virulent some in this case it is but sometimes they're uh they're, they're non-virulent as mm-hmm. well
1: yeah i can't wait for dna to come a little bit more quickly and dogs and cats it's yeah. going to be so amazing
2: it will well it, yeah. it'll change the face of medicine for sure
1: so far, um, they've diagnosed it in Tennessee, Illinois, and Oklahoma. Fever, lethargy, weight loss, rash, and pain, among other signs, and that's a pretty um, wide range of
2: signs. So yeah, it can act like anything. And uh, yeah. I would suggest if your dogs are, you know, if you if your dogs have been exposed to ticks at all, probably a good idea to test for to see if they've been exposed, especially if these other symptoms are occurring. All right. And so a proper treatment would be warranted.
1: So we're going to take a little break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to answer Kathy's question uh, about her dog's lung cancer and how she can keep the dog comfortable at this time. Um, the best time to spay and neuter and also cold laser, the benefits of that in a holistic practice. We'll be right back.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Today's Hot Topics. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune in to Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week make that spot thursday at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel
0: voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in at iheart radio listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast
1: hey alexa
0: Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry is known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a Prince Among Queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. listening to awesome woo woo holistic vet advice to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to holisticvetadvice at gmail.com now back to this week's program
1: hey i'm kristen carlson here with dr jim carlson our facebook group is holistic vet advice with dr jim and kristen carlson Got a lot of nice people on there and they are people, some of them have actually been in our holistic program for a long time, which is cool because they can kind of fill you in on things that they've learned in the holistic program here at Riverside Animal Clinic and Holistic Center in McHenry, Illinois. Uh, Anyway, so you can also ask questions on there. If you don't have a holistic vet, can't find one, just have, you know, like something that is weird and you want a second opinion, that kind of thing. um, We'll try to help you out uh, to the best of our ability. So um, I know Catherine is listening today. Kathy, you uh, might want to go ahead and call in 877-472-5788. Kathy's dog recently was diagnosed with lung cancer, and she's pretty concerned about her dog. She's taking perfect care of this animal. Absolutely love this dog. It's a St. Bernard, and I know they don't maybe sometimes live as long as other dogs, they don't have as much life expectancy, but this was actually a kind of a shocking situation for her, and I was kind of surprised as well since I've known Kathy my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so uh, if we don't hear from you over the phone, we'll address your question here in just a couple of minutes. So um, we have a couple of things to talk about today. One is, um, is laser therapy, Here's the laser. You go ahead.
2: <laughs> you get it? So there's, there's two types of laser. One is called the, the classical uh, surgical laser, which is a different wattage to um, allow the skin to be cut by the laser pen. Uh, in this case, laser therapy is called cold laser and cold laser uses a multi-wave laser technology to, create um, increased amounts of circulation and reduce pain and inflammation to certain areas of the body. Um, it's a handheld device. It, a multi-wave does not cause damage to healthy tissue. It only affects inflamed tissue. And um, it, it penetrates about three to four centimeters into the muscle or area where, they're, where we're working on a tendon or even for gastrointestinal upset is kind of really a standalone therapy for everything. Uh, we've been using cold laser for a very long time uh, as an adjunct, mostly to muscle and skeletal injuries, post-surgery, uh, even some dental work and things like that. But far and away of uh, the vast majority of pets that come in have, uh, have experienced osteoarthritis, uh, degenerative arthropathy, um, a number of, of um, injuries from the classic perineal cruciate ligament injury to um, patellar ligament injuries. It's a
1: good tool in rehab as well. It is.
2: For rehabilitation, yeah. it's probably used most commonly at, uh, so the, far and away as The
1: far. fact that it drives out inflammation. So when you use this laser beam, it's a class four therapy laser. So it's a medical laser. You have to be licensed to use it. I know there are some other lasers mm-hmm. out there and some different kinds of therapies that you might see advertised on um, Facebook or you know through social media those are different than the one we have to have a license to have so this is like the strongest at least it was when we bought it on the market it can be used on horses dogs cats whatever um so it improve improves the vascular function it's anti-inflammatory by driving out the stuck moisture that's in tissues is that is that how it works am mm-hmm. I describing it well
2: yeah you are in this called edema and uh it yeah edema is there as a protective device to stabilize the the joint uh, as a natural mechanism. Unfortunately, edema then can cause pain and inflammation because mm-hmm. there's a restricted range of motion with all that swelling in there. Um, so, like
1: if you have a swollen knee or a swollen ankle, you can't really bend it as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. And, and that's right. where that uh, anti-inflammatory comes in. It also, uh, as you mentioned, improves vascular activity. So it starts to move that fluid out of there, gets things moving, gets healing done faster. Right.
1: And by doing so, by decreasing the inflammation, it also decreases nerve sensitivity. So that means that it has an analgesic effect, which is great. So it, it, you know, when you're in pain, anything helps. And this is one proven way that it actually does. It uh, has a few other things about it, accelerated repair and tissue growth, uh, trigger points. You can use it in acupuncture. It comes with this little tiny wand and you can just drive it around. Um, faster wound healing. So we just shoot that across um, an incision and there it goes. Um, taking out some of the inflammation, improving the ability to make it uh, work and heal more quickly, improves nerve, nerve function and immunoregulation. One of the other really great things about um, cold laser is how they're using it in dental care. So, yeah. you know, dogs and cats just don't always get the dental care that they need by three years old. You're looking at periodontal disease in most dogs or cats, correct? About 80%.
2: Yeah. We say 80% of the dogs, even as early as six months to one year can develop pretty significant juvenile uh-huh. uh which can be quite serious.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you can take this and you could work in a dog's mouth with your co2 surgical laser and with a cold laser
2: right together um, the the co2 laser um, can cut out a granuloma or an inflamed tissue and slow that down and then you can come back with cold laser and improve circulation reduce inflammation all of that
1: okay so Benefits of laser therapy. Usually, these have to come in a package. You'll see people having like six to I don't know, maybe six treatments, maybe every week, every couple of days for a while. Just depends on the injury, the rehabilitation process, and the situation. And then after that, you might be able to go on a maintenance plan for a touch up anytime you need it, or it might be scheduled a scheduled touch up of every month. So definitely um, able to. Uh, use cold laser for a lot of different things. You can ask questions about cold laser therapy anytime you're here in our building. So um, we have, uh, let's see, I'm just wondering if Kathy is on the phone. Best time to spay or neuter. So and American Kettle Club has a magazine called The Family Dog and 73% of pet owners say they purchase holiday gifts for their pets. The American Pet Products Association has a pet owner survey, says they're obviously doing a lot of cute little things to make dogs happy at home. So if you're doing that, we had a few suggestions that are good for the pet's health and then also good for everything else. And then we'll go to our span neuter and uh, speak with Kathy here in a second. Um, so. Super easy way to, if you're you know looking to put something under the Christmas tree, maybe for a pet owner, de-shedding gloves. You can't go wrong with these. The animals think you're petting them, but at the same time, you're giving them a little massage and getting all that hair out at the same time with these de-shedding gloves. So easy. They absolutely love it. The Chill Bone by Mount Ara. Chucky loves hers. Um, I think she had it running around here somewhere. And you just put this peanut butter stuff in the end of the chill bone so the bone can be chewed on but this is calming spread with chamomile and melatonin. And then they make one with CBD in it as well.
2: Great for the holidays, you know, because- um,
1: that's, a good, that's a good idea. One yeah. of the
2: big thing that the pets get all excited because you've got guests over that, yeah, the we are wondering about how uh, to slow them down a little bit or sedate them a little bit. And that's a very nice natural way to do that.
1: Okay. Um, we also have just the super easy hostess gift of the Easy Cleanse dental shoes. These are our Riverside version. They have other dental cheese available in other places. So anywhere you want to go for something like that, super simple. The Inspired by Pets um, is a wild caught salmon chip and an organic chicken breast chip. These are shaved. um, So they're very uh, thin, super crunchy. It's just sort of like a chip. And except they're completely organic and made with salmon and chicken. Dogs go crazy over them. I had to... Give. Um, We had someone here who came all the way from Nebraska to see us with her adorable little dog, and I gave her an ozone bath. And she, you know, you have to sit in the ozone for a long time, and she was not too into it. So um, I got out the wild salmon chips. She went crazy, and she did anything we asked after that. There's also a fortifying massaging mud from Madra Moore. You'll want to use this on, your, on yourself because it smells so good. It's a detox and strengthen with natural parasite and yeast relief. I love this stuff. This is amazing. We also have um, lavender mint shampoo. Um, so they have kits. This one is by John Paul Pets. And I think they give some of the money to charity. Uh, the charity is Pals Passionate Animal Lovers. So they're a good group of people little dental wipes and little dental sprays. They're very quick and easy to use. And then also um, that's just something that would be great to give maybe not only your dog, but it's just something you could maybe give to somebody who you know is like a big pet owner and they want to do the right thing for their pet and pet health is like super important to them. This
2: is one of my favorites. You know, I wish Melissa and Doug would have been around but I was little. <laughs> Me
1: too, I would have had every single bit of it. Yeah. So they have a we have a large selection of Melissa and Doug here. They have Pasture Pals. Um, and they have a pet vet play set. They have many play sets revolving pets, pet treat maker, all kinds of things. It's super cute. And any little kid is gonna love that. And then our favorite is of course, the Melissa the veterinarian costume for yeah. ages three to six. Very so cool. a lot yeah. of uh, people. So 70 th- 73% of you are gonna do this anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you might as well do something that has a little health spin to it. Yeah. All right. Okay, so um, Kathy's dog has lung cancer, and um, we are looking at ways that she can keep this dog comfortable. Now, the dog is uh, St. Bernard. She's not that old. Her name's Eva. She came home from the vet, and she was just, like, gobsmacked, and I, I know people feel that way, and I always feel so bad because they're, they're just kind of in shock. She had no idea anything that serious could be going on.
2: It's scary, uh, especially in lung and heart issues, because um, it's a silent disease. And by the time you realize that there is a problem, it's often uh, well into its second or third stage. Oh, it is? And so, um, but cancer is is by itself, in my opinion, a lymphatic disease. Uh, And in Chinese medicine, they call it phlegm. Inflam is a like a biofilm uh, in which the cell becomes immune to a condition called apoptosis or natural cell death. For some reason, the circumstances in the body or environment in that location have made it uh, the the uh, environment correct for that cell not to undergo natural cell death. So now it continues to function beyond its natural life, which is like the zombie effect. Mm-hmm. The cell is technically dead, but still functioning. And it's doing things in the body that uh, produce toxins. It, it takes energy from the body as well as nutrition. It can control the hormones and immune system. It can basically hijack the body. And um, so, it, you know, once your pet is diagnosed with cancer, in this case, is that first of all, we want to look at the location first. So we're dealing with lung. So lung, large intestine, and skin are the categories. Uh, it's supported by the digestive tract. It's controlled by the, um, the lymphatic system, which is associated with heart and circulation. Uh, so first of all, we, we want to help the body naturally improve circulation. Now, we wouldn't necessarily want to use cold laser on this area because we don't want to improve circulation to the tumor. We want to improve circulation so the immune system can have an effect uh, on the the cancerous tissue. The second thing is that we want to target that cancer tissue. Turkey tail mushroom, uh, as well as the others like Reishi and lion's mane, uh, are very good. And What they do is actually target the cancer cell and mark it so the immune system can then recognize it and breaks up that biofilm so the immune system can attack it uh, slowly, and surely, over time, we can either put that tumor into a remissive state, which would be most important, or uh, if it were small enough. And in this case, uh, most of the time, lung tissue is a fairly large tumor by the time it's diagnosed. Uh, it's a little harder to do, but quality of life is most important. Um, if the uh, in most cases, these tumors in the chest and in heart, uh, especially with lung, uh, are inoperable um, mm-hmm. at the the state that they're in where the patient couldn't survive mm-hmm. uh, chemotherapy and the uh, radiation treatment may not, not be the best option uh, in right. that case. Right. Um, so natural therapy is, is what we're after. And surprisingly right. there are studies out there in, in the cases where um, the tumors have been put into natural remission. The pet can live a healthy functional life for longer than we expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can average usually, about two to three times what the anticipated traditional diagnosis or prognosis is. Really? Just by helping the pet to, uh, because they don't realize they have cancer, at the same time, we can do things naturally for them that can really help. Number one is diet. All natural and unprocessed food is paramount. Um, no vaccination. Don't vaccinate a cancer patient because you're only going to induce more inflammation. Um, Make sure that the parasites are prevented. Parasites can induce immunosuppression, and we want our immune system fully functional during uh, cancer treatments. And, um, and speak you know, in, in terms of holistic care, running an SRT analysis to determine what was the biomap that created this tumor in the first place. And if we reduce that, uh, we reduce the feeding mechanism to make this tumor bigger. And so we have a chance there. There are herbs that help a lot, um, either Western herbs or Eastern herbs. And depending on the, the pet's uh, element or constitution, uh, we can find the appropriate uh, natural medication to help as well.
1: So it's a lot of things a holistic vet can do yeah, for you. Definitely. interesting. So if, you know, she feels like the time is kind of up or she's just kind of in a holding pattern and she can't, you know, really find you into help her who's close by in her state. Um, what can she do to make the pet more comfortable? And that's what her big question is today.
2: Well, a pain management, either more traditional pain management um, or using um, uh, therapies uh, that reduce pain. Uh, so CBD oil
1: mm-hmm.
2: is the one that we could go to naturally to reduce pain and inflammation. Uh, does have some anti-cancer effect. Uh, along with maybe a traditional anti-inflammatory prescribed by your veterinarian, uh, especially a drug called paroxicam helps reduce cancer pain. Uh, it does have some anti-cancer qualities too. So CBD in combination with peroxicam can be one of those uh, combinations that help alleviate pain and discomfort associated with uh, the, the tumor in its location. Mm-hmm. And I'm fresh sorry, food. Kathy, that yeah, this happened to you. This very, is so uh, Distressing because, like I said, it's a silent problem. It, the pet can be totally fine yesterday and not fine today, for sure.
1: I know, and she's just taking such good care of her dogs. She has two St. Bernards. Does it have anything to do with being a St. Bernard when something like this happen? Is well, there's a breeding the breeding part of it or what?
2: Well, there's, there's um, a lot of cases where we look at genetic predisposition. To me, um, genetics or genetics is how they express the environment in which they live in and, and that's it's not necessarily that the environment is bad it's how their genes express that mm-hmm. in that way so that's the, mm. the specificity to each breed is is what are they genetically going to express if they're given this food or or they're involved in this environment um it's it, it, nutrition does play a part but it's 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 not um the husbandry or care of the pet or the love Um, It has to do a lot with environmental toxins that fire up um, Mm -hmm. this problem. And, you know, whether it's exposure to, you know, aerosolized chemicals in the environment, um, dust, smogs, uh, molds, mycotoxins, things like that. There's a whole host of things, Mm -hmm. Uh, even synthetic products within the household. We had no idea. Um, Sometimes we blame vaccination. Sometimes we blame uh, you know, using uh, anti-parasitic uh, products and things like that, mm. but they, they don't create that problem. The problem is, is that the body was set up in the environment in which they lived, um, which is our world, not just specific to the home. It's not, it's it's just how it's everywhere. How it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't, don't.
1: Well, I'm we, really we sorry that harmless. happened, Kathy. And um, you know, Reach out again. She's on our holistic vet advice page with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. That's on Facebook. Uh, it's a group, not a page. And mm-hmm. so join that and uh, we'll kind of keep following where you're at with everything. For sure. So um, there's a veterinarian. She's a holistic vet. Her name is Dr. D. Blanco and um, it's drdblanco.com. Um, she, I kind of want to talk about like appropriate times to spay and nudie your dog today, but she, I, I ran across this article. It was really good. And so I, you know, want you guys to know that that's where some of this information has come from, not all of it. Um, A lot of people ask, when is the best time to span neuter?
2: Well, traditionally, it's always been uh, between six and eight months of age during um, the the population control in the 70s. Very large population of dogs and cats. uh, were being euthanized because they were, there was no homes for them to go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over time, we've done an excellent job in controlling the pet population. And a lot of the focus now is on what are the health benefits to spay and neuter? When is the right time? And Mm -hmm. so um, that's moved up substantially.
1: Very common question now. Before, I think maybe even 10 years ago, it was kind of like, I'm getting the, neutered spayed immediately i don't even think about you know the outcome of it but now people are starting to see as she points out in this article there are some negative things about uh especially spay this this particular article the risk of mammary tumors drops if your dog spayed before two and a half years old she also points out though the risk of osteosarcoma um delayed Closure of the growth plates, leading to arthritis later, urinary incontinence, other cancers, bone and ligament diseases, loss of pelvic bone mass. So that's hip dysplasia and spondylosis going on and um, autoimmune thyroiditis. So they can literally uh, gain a ton of weight because of of that condition. Anaphylaxis, cardiac arrest and sudden death go up 27 to 38 percent, according to Dr. Blanco. So. I mean, this is a lot to think about when you're thinking about taking away those beneficial hormones so early in life.
2: A lot of pets that have been uh, spayed and neutered early through the years. So there's a lot of data uh, on diseases that have occurred. And so um, unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately, it's provided a massive database for us to understand when these health issues came up, what was the source or problem? And a lot of it came back to um, just removing the hormones very early
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in some of the side effects that can occur. And uh, initially, we were just trying to control the population. But now, uh, all through the years, with so many pets being spayed really young and neutered, is that we found out, well, there's a lot of diseases associated with that uh, that we can use to control. And so um, best time, uh, in my opinion, is at least let the growth plates close. So and because if you take them early, like it's mentioned here, those growth plates can stay open and that's where the risk of osteosarcoma in the Rottweiler, for example, can come from because those bones can continue to grow past the normal age wow. at a year. They can continue to grow well past a year. And so that can lead to um, the malformation of the joints, uh, can lead to inflammation uh, and, um, mm-hmm. and brittle bones and things like that not to mention the hormones uh, that can change if, if you don't have estrogen or testosterone androgens can be produced, which act like a cortisol effect in the body. So weight gain, mm-hmm. um, which can lead to yeah. issues as well. Yeah.
1: So definitely talk to your veterinarian about that one. I actually like to see um, if we can talk about this a little more next time yeah. on our show, but we hope everybody has a awesome Thanksgiving and a great black Friday shopping, even if yeah. you have to do it online and be safe with your pets over the holiday weekend. Have a great day.
2: Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you for listening this week to Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson again next Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go make some time with your best friend.